What's up, Hoop Ball Nation? It's Brandon Marcus from the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. We're chatting about an exciting time in Clipperland with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George looking to lead the team to an NBA title. Tune in to hear guests ranging from TV voice Brian Seaman and radio voice Noah Eagle to various beat writers and team bloggers. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Hoop Ball Clips and follow me at BD Marcus. Looking forward to having you tune in. Yo, yo, yo. How's it going? My name is Corbin Ford. You can follow me at CorbinNBA on Twitter. Let me tell you, I love the National Basketball Association, everything about it. And NBA Today gives me the opportunity to talk about it with y'all. The ins, the outs, NBA from all angles, from current hot topics to flashbacks from the NBA's past to literally everything in between. And yes, that includes NBA Twitter. NBA Today is the show for the hoop junkies on hoop ball. Check it out. NBA Today with Corbin Ford. I look forward to talking with y'all real soon. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. folks we made it to september is that a, an accomplishment i don't know but it is here september 1st 2020 the weirdest damn year that i can remember i don't remember as many as i'd like but i'd be hard pressed i think for any of you guys to remember a weirder one i mean this is just so strange it is september 1st we are coming down the chute on a 60-game baseball season. We're in the middle of the, the NBA playoffs where we have Game 7s in the first round of a couple of series. And a pair of series are embarking on second rounds. And the Lakers and the Clippers are both in the playoffs at the same time. And our pets' heads are falling off. I want to try to let me get a dumb and dumber quote into every episode of this show. It's Fantasy NBA Today. Hello. Hello. I'm Dan Vespris. This is a hoop ball presentation. I mean, this is like, I don't know, man. I wake up every day and I check Twitter and I, uh, I look at COVID numbers because, damn it, somehow that's still a, a freaking thing that I got to do every day. Like, come on at this point. What are we doing here? They are improving. They are improving. We're getting to a point in not everywhere. Um, and and Los Angeles, we've been on the later end of the spectrum. Like there's a lot of places actually in the uh the northeast that have things in uh pretty pretty well in hand. Like it's not it's really not crazy. Um but then it's this fluctuation, you know, where, and this is the part that, that kills me, is as soon as places start to get things under control, then there's this desire to just go back to what wasn't working. And so there's this constant ebb and flow, and you can never really get comfortable. You can never get comfortable, because the second you think you're in okay shape, everybody decides they need to go back to a bar again. And I get it. Like, th- there's... These are businesses. These are businesses that are suffering in a big way 
And I'm not saying they should. I'm not going to get political on today's podcast, but I do think the solution is very simple. Just, just bail these damn businesses out, man. It's so easy. Small businesses, they just pay them to stay closed so we can all get better and then there's no harm. Oh, it's so simple. Um, someday, someday, I just, I can't, you know, there was something weird. Something struck me when I looked at the calendar and it said September 1st. And we're still staring down the barrel of this nonsense. The start, of course, of next year's NBA season remains nebulous because of all of this. We don't know when people are going to be allowed back in arenas. Outdoor ones, there will be a case to be made a tiny bit sooner because you could just space people out. And we know that with masks and social distancing and folks are doing okay as long as they're outside. Inside is a mess. Maybe we'll start having NBA games outdoors and all in warm cities in January and February because you certainly don't think you do an outdoor NBA game in New York in January. That would be chilly. What are you going to, you're going to set up little outdoor lamps all around the court? That'd be funny. <laughs> oh, man. What a year. What a year, guys. Thanks for coming along with us on this very, very, very weird adventure. All right, well, what the hell are we doing today? We got results to talk about. We got games coming up. It's a two-day Tuesday. Two-game Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Man, that makes me hungry. Boston is at Toronto. I'm loopy today, guys. You guys bear with me on this one. Um, And, of course, at symbol is in name only. Toronto, a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Total of 218-and-a-half. Utah is at, I'm putting it in air quotes, Denver, Utah, a one-point favorite. That game has been bouncing back and forth between uh, one point in either direction and a pick'em. These games are effectively both a pick'em. Total of 217.5 in that second game. It's almost the same line in each of our two contests tonight. All of the lines, all of the information, all of the betting we do here on this show is with our partners at mybookie.ag. Use promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, and set up your account today. Use that promo code. You get a 100% deposit match bonus. You unlock that promo if you want to use it. Uh, there are some rollover notes on the uh, free play that gets dumped in. You don't even have to use the promo if you don't want, but please do make sure you use the promo code. Again, that's HoopBall uh, to make sure that they know you're playing with us. You're part of the HoopBall contingent. You're part of the HoopBall family Hit me up, by the way. Those of you that have been listening to this podcast for two or three years, shoot me a note on Twitter. I may have a prize for you. We've got some stuff for our, our exceptionally loyal listeners. And I know who you are because you've tweeted at me and you've emailed me and we've communicated many times since, you know, 2017 or whatever it is. So hit me up on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Or just search for Dan from Hoopball on Google. That's a very easy way to find me. And you can tweet at me um, by clicking through that link. Or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com with the subject line, Dan said there may be prizes. That's kind of a funny subject line. But don't worry, it'll catch the eye of the folks in our support staff. And they'll make sure it gets passed right along to me. Uh, quick thoughts on the games coming up later on today. Boston at Toronto. Toronto by one and a half with a total of 218 and a half. Boston 
simply outplayed the Raptors on Sunday. We talked about that on yesterday's podcast. Boston beat them by 18 points. It was not a close game. Boston shot 47%, held Toronto to 37% in that ball game. Raptors missed some free throws. Um, didn't rebound the ball well. I mean, that's to me, that's a that's the cardinal sin here is that Boston out rebounded Toronto 50 to 40. Boston was not a very good rebounding team during the regular year. I mean, they were fine, um, but they're just not a big team. Daniel Tice with 15 boards. Tatum had nine in that game on Sunday. Uh, Toronto just getting blasted. And that'll happen when you miss a ton of shots. There are going to be a lot of defensive rebounds. You'd hope that there would be a few offensive rebounds mixed in there as well. And as we talked about on yesterday's pod, basically everybody not named OG had a bad game for Toronto on Sunday. I don't see that continuing. You might see some of these guys have another bad game. You know, maybe Pascal Siakam stays cold. Maybe this is not a great matchup. I don't see it that way. I mean, Siakam should be able to go to work on whatever pipsqueak Boston's rolling out at power forward. That That's a, I mean, if anything, the Freddie Van Fleet should be more, uh, maybe a little bit more worried. But I don't know that you look at that and you're like, oh, Kemba Walker, all-league defense. Yeah, he plays. He played hard on defense, and this is a better matchup for him than a, than a bigger guard that can beat him up a little bit. But I look at that game and think, look, Toronto's going to make some tweaks here. Both of these teams, Toronto and Boston, showed a weird reluctance during the regular season to really hunker down in those big moments that you could see that there were... There were some times where they were coasting a little bit, hence the record not ultra-dominant against the best teams in the NBA. Toronto was better in those spots than Boston was. And I know we can't call that some sort of a a thread that we bring between the two. What I do think in watching Game 1 is that Boston is going to be a very tough opponent for Toronto in this series, and vice versa. But you also saw Toronto at their absolute worst. Mind you, um, they've been off for a while. You know, the, between the sweep and then the the strike. Remember, they were supposed to open up their series on Thursday. That got pushed back to Sunday. Boston handled the layoff better. To me, that it's almost as simple as that. I expect Toronto to bounce back in Game 2. I think this is going to be a long series. And uh, I think the total is relatively accurate. I think Boston scores less. In Game 2, I think Toronto scores more. They meet towards a midpoint. And because there's really almost no spread in this game, Toronto by one or one and a half, you can probably just play the money line if you're going to go Toronto and not worry about that one point. Don't get screwed on a one-point win, basically. I think the total's pretty accurate at 218 and a half. Um, I think I, I might eyeball the under as these two teams make adjustments to one another. But at the same time, not touching it because... We might get the bounce back game from Toronto here where they shoot 48% for a night and put up a buck 10 or a buck 15, and that will be enough to push this game over the mark. So I look at, I like the Toronto side. I think there's a bounce back in them. It's not as simple as you just fade what you saw in the previous game, but when it's as strong a, an indicator, when it's a game that makes everybody open their eyes and go, ooh, man, is Toronto bad now? That's the one where you look, ah, okay, look, this team is not a bad team. Toronto was good all season long. They didn't just magically become bad because Boston played them a little tougher than Brooklyn did. The other game tonight, Utah and Denver. 
Oh, man. The ultimate crapshoot. Do you remember? I do. I remember. But do you guys remember about two weeks ago when this series began? And on Twitter, I said, I legitimately have no idea how this series goes. I think my tweet said something like, I mean, I think ultimately Denver's going to win this thing, but Denver's not playing any defense, and that's going to get them caught with their pants down at some point. I think maybe Utah plays better without Mike Conley on the floor. Uh, I mean, all of that was just this this wild, you know, handful of cloud, whew, just blowing it off into the wind. And it's, and it's basically panned out. Me saying... I don't know that anybody knows what's going to happen in this series has panned out. It's funny when the non-take is the take. Because everybody came at me, they're like, Denver's going to run them. Denver's going to cream them. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't think that's true. I don't think Utah's getting creamed in this series. I thought Denver would win in six, I think. Might have been my prediction. Uh, But they're going the distance. You just tend to not clobber an opponent if you're not guarding said opponent. I mean, I, you know, I can't take a ton of credit. It's not deep insight. It's just something that is, you don't need to dive hard into the numbers. If you watch a team and they're not defending, it's going to be hard to eliminate a team quickly in the playoffs. I do think Denver finally gets it done in this ballgame. Uh, their personnel is just better. And you'd assume that in a seven-game series, the more talented team would win out. But I don't know. This series has been a full coin flip right from the get-go. Denver, Utah, 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 Denver, Denver. Back and forth we go. Can Denver complete the big comeback? Can Jamal Murray, is Jamal Murray going to go huge again? Is Donovan Mitchell going to be big on the Utah side? Denver has been reliant quite heavily on their offense to get through this series, and it's to this point mostly worked for them. But what if they go a little bit cold? They get smoked. This game has in-game wagering written all over it. All over it. And I'll tell you why. And the reason why is basically Jamal Murray. Because it's pretty clear with him that you kind of know what game you're getting out of Jamal right out of the shoot. And he's had some big ones here over the last couple games of their playoffs as Denver's been... Uh, working on mounting their comeback. Jamal Murray's been fantastic for three games in a row. They only lost the first of those three because Donovan Mitchell had 51 and Jamal had 50. Utah shot 58% in that ballgame. Jordan Clarkson was hot. Mike Conley was hot. Donovan Mitchell was hot. If Jamal Murray is hot, Denver's probably going to win. He was cold. In game three, you had 12 points on 16 shots. They got smoked. He was cold in game two. 14 points on 13 shots. Denver got clobbered. We can go all the way back to the 17th of August. Game one of that series. Jamal Murray, hot. 36 points on 20 shots. They won. Jamal Murray's been good in four of the six games. They've won three of them. Look at his first few shots. If he goes, you know, two for three, three for four to open the ball game, maybe grab Denver. Even if the score is relatively tight, he tends to be a guy you can read for the game within his first couple of looks. Is it going to be one of those nights? And it's not always the case, but often. 
you know, way better feel for that thing a couple minutes into the ball game where the line probably won't have moved very much. Two, three minutes into the game, you're probably still going to see a line that's basically a pick em. And at that point, you'll have a little more data on what the game is likely going to unfurl upon you. So in-game bet that joint. And if you're sitting alone in front of your television and wondering what you ought to do while you're watching these games, how about a little manscaping? How about a little manscaping? Take some time. Clean yourself up, for goodness sake, people. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code HOOPBALL20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your lawnmower 3.0. In fact, I'm going to go to the website while I'm doing the podcast right now so I can tell you everything that's going on. The lawnmower 3.0, available now. They have cologne. They have body wash. They have deodorant. They have toner. I'll be honest with you guys. I don't even know what that is. Maybe I should. They have boxers, t-shirts, travel bags, shaving mats. They have mints. Don't worry. The mints don't taste like manscaped. (laughs) They taste like mint. (sighs) They've got the weed whacker. That's an ear and nose hair trimmer. Want to tidy up some of those areas. They've got the old lawnmower 2.0, if you want the older one. I don't know why you would. They've got nails, a nail kit, which is actually pretty useful. I've used a fishing wire cutter on my nails for the better part of 20 years. Maybe I should get one of those things. They have an upgraded nail kit, the Shears 2.0, they call that. Lots of good stuff. You can get any or all of that. 20% off free shipping. Promo code HOOPBALL20. Go to manscaped.com immediately. Pause the podcast and go get yourself cleaned up. For goodness sake, you sick son of a gun. What happened yesterday? Quick recap on the final day of August. I still have my brain, man. I can't get over that calendar turning over yet another month. Miami beat Milwaukee 115-104 and OKC beat Houston 104-100. Interestingly, the losing score was the winning score in the other game. Miami. All right, we got to pause on this one. Couple things went on in this ball game that are worth noting. First, Bucks outshot Miami 49% to 46%. But the biggest thing in this ball game is that Milwaukee had only 34 rebounds for the ball game. Miami out-rebounded Milwaukee 46 to 34. Milwaukee's one of the best rebounding teams in the NBA. Miami just ate him up. Bam Adebayo had 17, Crowder had 9. 26 between those two guys. They almost covered Milwaukee's number right there. Uh, Giannis had 10, which is relatively low for him. No one else on Milwaukee had more than four rebounds in the ballgame. Also of note, Milwaukee was horrendous at the free throw line in this ballgame. Absolutely brutal. George Hill missed two. Giannis went four for 12 at the free throw line in this ballgame. Those two guys combined to miss 10 free throws. You know what you got if they don't miss 10 free throws? A better ball game. Meanwhile, Miami shot 93% on their free throws. Yeah, pretty good, right? They went 25 for 27. 25 points of the free throw line compared to, what, 14? That's the difference in the ball game. We're 11 points spread at the free throw line. Not because there were the, the fouls were called inconsistently. In fact, they were they were quite consistent just that Milwaukee couldn't make him. And I get it. Giannis is never going to hit 90% of his. So to say that maybe he could have made more like 11 out of 12 is a reach. But 33%? You got to at least make four or five more of those. And then there's a demoralizing factor involved as well. 
Funny thing about this ball game is that I didn't think Milwaukee played all that poorly other than their superstar. Giannis got taken completely out of his game by Miami's defense. And it looked way too much like what Toronto did last year. And again, it looked like Milwaukee didn't have a reasonable counter for it. Jimmy Butler was special. He had 40 on 20 shots. Absolutely fantastic game. Goran Dragic has been amazing in these playoffs. He had 27. And Adebayo does everything for them. He's their anchor on the defensive side. When when those three guys are playing well, Miami's been extremely tough to beat. And, you know... Miami, give Miami credit. Defensively, they have pushed the right buttons in their two series. They have a series against Indiana where they realized that the Pacers were down their big man, and so they just kept guards in front of them, and Pacers couldn't do anything. And against Milwaukee, they basically said, look, Giannis, we're not going to let you get to the cup. Chris Middleton fouled out of this ballgame in 37 minutes. Um, You know, the fact that Giannis is only playing 36 minutes is also... Not a, not great. That dude's got to be at 40 minutes in a, in a playoff game they're losing. That said, um, I, I have to give Milwaukee a little benefit because... And the thing that pisses me off, so before I even get into what I think might happen in a game going forward, I am absolutely beside myself that Milwaukee is still letting teams run this same stuff against them defensively. They've had a whole year to try to figure out what to do with it. A whole year since Toronto. Remember, Milwaukee th- absolutely thumped the Raptors early in that series. And then Toronto was like, oh, here's an adjustment we can make. And Milwaukee just ran the same thing four games in a row. It was ridiculous. It reminded me actually a lot of that Portland-New Orleans series from a couple years back where the Blazers just had no counter for what the Pelicans were doing on defense. New Orleans was like, here's how we're going to defend you. Figure this out. And Portland just did the same thing over and over and over and over again. And every game I was like, all right, this is the one. Portland's going to make the adjustment. You can bet on somebody doing something smart. And they never made the adjustment. Actually, Portland never made an adjustment against the Lakers this year either. Maybe that's a bigger indictment of Terry Stotts than I realized. Well, we're not talking about Terry Stotts right now. We're talking about Coach Bud. Coach Bud, I'm turning on that dude right right before your eyes here on the podcast. I'm turning on Coach Bud. He has been a stellar regular season coach when teams are not really stacking up and game planning for you. And he's got all these great plans lined out, but he has not. And his coaching staff and his players, they have not made the adjustments in the postseason. Please figure this out. If you're going to turn Giannis into a playmaker, turn him into a playmaker. If you're going to use him as a decoy, use him as a decoy. Figure something out. They're walling him off, and it's not working. Became a very Middleton-centric offense for Milwaukee in that ballgame. And then if you're going to pull that crap, you better be better on the defensive side. You best not be giving up 115 to the Heat. Jimmy Butler is a very good basketball player. But Milwaukee should have had a better plan for him. Should have had a better plan for Goran Dragic. Do we think they missed Eric Bledsoe that badly? That's an ugly game. I think Milwaukee plays better in game two, but I, you know, we're not we're not at a point where I could bet on them to make an adjustment. They have shown at this point, they have proven to me that then they are unable to make the to make the switch, whatever it has to be. And I'm not a scheme guy. 
I don't know what they're supposed to do when Giannis sees a wall of defenders near the paint. But I'm guessing it's going to be everybody else bombing three-pointers, and Giannis is going to have to just be okay with it, get his stuff in transition, and then lock your ass in on defense. They have shown you what they're giving you, and the Bucks seem unwilling to take it. I mean, look, Brooke Lopez had 24 points on a great ball game yesterday. Middleton played really well in the first half, slowed a bit in the second half. The rest of those guys are going to have to step up because they're the Heat, the Raptors last year, whatever. I mean, if anybody had the personnel, Magic tried to do it, but they didn't really have the personnel to pull it off. They're just not, they're not going to let Giannis get into the key. Not in the half court. And so the Bucs now, they're, they have to push the pace because they got to get Giannis out in the open floor when they can't wall him off. And when they can't, when they can't push the pace, it's going to probably be somebody else taking a three ball. Can they can they get over the hump that way without Giannis being superhuman? Can he not make it personal? Because if he starts chucking, it all goes down the tubes. And please, for goodness sake, make a free throw. Uh, other game from yesterday, Oklahoma City beat Houston 104-100. Chris Paul was spectacular. He had 28, including, I believe, 13 in the fourth quarter in an Oklahoma City comeback. Rob Covington was wonderful. Five steals, three blocks, four three-pointers. Ooh, how could you not love Rob Covington? James Harden was good. P.J. Tucker was good. Daniel House was good. You know who wasn't? Russell Westbrook. Not very good in this ballgame. Seven turnovers in 27 minutes of action. Seven turnovers. Russell Westbrook, listen. I'm not going to get on here and get all preachy about how, you know, I said Russell Westbrook wasn't, was going to be only a, a mild help to Houston in this series. That's not me being smart. That's just me having watched a lot of basketball and knowing the way Westbrook plays, what he brings to the table, and having watched him in playoff series in the past. He has to be the beta on a successful playoff team. If he's the alpha, the ship goes down. James Harden has to be the alpha on this team, on the offensive side. I thought Westbrook would improve Houston's defense. And what I really thought when he came back was that he would improve the non-Harden minutes. Harden rests for 8 to 10 minutes per ball game, And during those 8 to 10 minutes, having Westbrook on the floor to run the offense instead of Austin Rivers is a net positive for Houston. But I also said, whatever that was, four days ago, five days ago on the pod, or three days ago, I don't know when the hell it was. I don't remember when it was. But I also said that during those final four, six minutes of the ballgame, Westbrook has to be okay with being the other guy. I mean, it, it, it's almost... He almost shouldn't be on the floor at that moment right now. And maybe when he's at full strength, you get him back out there. But they need spacing at the end of a game. Westbrook has been much more efficient this year because he hasn't been chucking three-pointers. I think you do keep him out there because, look, he's electrifying, and if, if Harden opens up a, an avenue, then Westbrook on a cut actually makes a lot of sense. And he, he did shoot 53% in the ballgame yesterday. So looking at it just from a pure percentages standpoint, the shot selection was generally better, but it just it can't 
It can't be that. We've seen this act. We've seen it. We've seen this play over and over again. Those two teams will play again tomorrow. Houston is favored by five in the early line. I think Houston does win the ball game, but I mean, there's this there's this nagging feeling inside of me that's like, no, nah, Westbrook is gonna try to do something crazy, and it's gonna it's gonna ruin it. To Oklahoma City, by the way, credit to OKC because they've just they've exceeded expectations at every turn. They managed to win this game even without Dennis Schroeder being good because Chris Paul was fantastic, uh, and they held Houston to 100 points. Houston wasn't bad in this ballgame. Other note on this one, uh, for one, Lugens Dort was much better. He hit a couple of three-pointers. He went five for nine instead of, you know, one for 25 or whatever the last game was. Uh, and they've, they haven't fouled Harden all that much. Or they haven't fouled him hard enough. Playoff fouls or whatever. It's like they decided they were going to call this series a little bit more lenient than some of the other. We've seen a million foul calls in some of these series and not so much this one. Maybe that's just Dort, but I can't believe that's the case. Dort only played 20 minutes. He wasn't even guarding Harden for most of the ballgame yesterday. Somehow they're not fouling him. I don't quite know how. It's just that same weird playoff stuff going on. So anyway, we'll sort it all out. And that's what's been going on in the NBA. I suppose we can probably just put a pin in this thing until tomorrow because at this point we're a fantasy show without a fantasy. We're just basketball right now. Game starting in the afternoon today, and uh, that's the way it's going to be moving forward. The, uh, let's see, when the heck is that? 2.30? I think it's 2.30 and 5.30 today. Am I getting that right? Yeah, Pacific time. So 5.30, 8.30 Eastern. That's late. <laughs> that's a late game. I know they're going late. There's a lot of, like, 9 p.m. Eastern games. That's, that's weird. Are y'all on the East Coast having to stay up to midnight? For games in your own time zone? Players got their families in the bubble. That was kind of cool. You guys get to see the video of Freddie Van Vliet reuniting with his family. I'm sure a lot of it happened just like that for these guys. They've been gone for a long time. These teams that are in the bubble still, they've been gone for almost two months. A couple teams got eliminated quickly. They went home fast. But yeah, I mean, they got there right near the beginning of July. And again, we're... Ugh, we're in September. That must make things a, a little bit better. It's tough. It's tough to be gone for that long. But, you know, get it all done. New episode from our Hoopball Hawks contingent here. Uh, Brad Harden doing a wonderful job. Hoopball Hawks is the Twitter handle. Make sure to check that podcast out. Uh, that dropped, I believe, yesterday in the evening. Fun stuff on the uh, the boycott the rumor mill, the sixth pick, all that good stuff. So Brad's doing a wonderful job over at Hoopball Hawks. Make sure to check that out. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy the couple of playoff games tonight. We'll be back at you tomorrow. Again, just uh, talking NBA here on the pod for the foreseeable future. I am Dan Bespris, at Dan Bespris on Twitter. Hey, if you have a moment, drop a five-star review on the show. I know I haven't bugged you guys about it all that much, but uh, those are especially important to us. Again, promo codes, if you're using them, my bookie, the promo code is Hoopball. Manscaped, the promo code is Hoopball. 20. Later, folks. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.